Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Alex Whitson, and I have the privilege of sermoning on this beautiful Youth Sunday. Uh, just for a little bit of background upon on myself, uh, last Thursday I graduated from Agora High School, and next fall I'll be attending Occidental College. Uh, I have to confess that I don't really know what I want to major in, but uh, I do enjoy philosophy, sociology, and I do some writing occasionally. Uh, I absolutely love to surf, and the ocean is by far my favorite place to be on any given day. Uh, some of my other interests include reading, taking photos, playing basketball, soccer, or tennis. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much. I like to I like to move. I'm very athletic. Actually, not athletic. I like to move. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've been involved with this church for just about as long as I can remember, and uh, it's a really special place for me. Uh, I went through VBS. I volunteered at VBS. I went through JYF, and I've been going to SYF for the majority of my high school years. Um, in fact, some of my earliest memories are sitting in those pews over there and struggling to understand the big multi-syllable words that the speaker is using, like the word multi-syllable. Uh, yeah. So while Oxy waits me in the fall, my educational journey actually did be, like, begin just a couple hundred feet that way and the preschool here. And uh, preschool, it's an amazing place. Um, it's, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, I have to say, like, <laughs> it's still fun. That playground is, like, so great. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it seems a little bit prophetic that right after I graduate, I should find myself here in front of the very congregation that helped raise me. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all of you for that. Um, part of what it means to be a church is to welcome everyone, regardless of age, race, politics, or anything else. And on Youth Sunday, it seems particularly fitting to call attention to that. <sighs> I know it's difficult to think about, but like kids are the least of these, or considered the least of these in a lot of different cultures around the world. And uh, you know, so we gotta do our best to welcome our kids into our, our church family. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not easy. I remember being a five-year-old little kid running around here, causing ha- havoc after the classic 10 a.m. service. Uh, I remember you know, harassing my dad to get some donuts from the, the SYF donut stand or p- tugging on my mom's robe because I wanted to go home because I was tired. And uh, I definitely remember harassing any teenage girls I could. Or not harassing, but bugging. Yeah, uh, yeah I, it was hard to love a five-year-old Alex Whitson, but this church did so anyways. And I continues to do so today in just the most amazing ways through SYF and just through all of these parents and people that I've been looking at up to for so long. Um, when I say church, I mean all of us collectively, because the actions of some of us represents everyone in the collective church family. On behalf of our kids here at WPC, I want to thank all of you for loving us. Each and every person here helps make this congregation great. And I want to, call, I want to remind us that while God is looking at every single action we have or we do from above, our future leaders are constantly watching our every move from below. So it's our responsibility to set good examples. Examples. You all have supported us youth in some way or another, whether that be through financially supporting us on mission trips, like the little donut stand we got outside. Saw Pastor Dave enjoying some donuts for his anniversary. Uh, financially supporting us on mission trips, donating your time to helping out at VBS, Sunday School, JYF, SYF, and for just simply being so kind whenever you see a youngster making some trouble on this quad. Uh, I want to personally thank a couple of individuals. 
um, the late Judy Hightower, Pat Brunette, Mr. Boozer and Carolyn, Matt Pardee, Julie and Jody Martin, Rob Douglas, and of course, Mrs. Robertson and JR. Uh, you all are just amazing people, and obviously there are so many others who uh, didn't make that list, but you, know, you all are just amazing. I just want to say thank you. Uh, you all are people who show up to church and put time and effort in making WVC truly the gathering place filled with God's grace that it is. And to me, I see it as a place where the knowledge of God, history, and ourselves coincide. It's a place where our faith is kept alive. And in a world that is seemingly headed in not so good a direction, we need God more than ever to help us navigate it. All right, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church and the important place that it is. I pray that you would watch over us today as we partake in this ancient tradition of gathering around your word. I pray for our world and the challenges we face collectively as we each fight our own internal battles. Be with us in all that we do, and I pray that as we, that as we always keep our focus on you, that we'll continue to strive to have you be the center of our lives. All right, so our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. So here we go. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. So this passage is super important, but I often think it's overlooked because it's basically sandwiched in between two gospel staples, namely Jesus feeding the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water. So this is a very, very high-paced, action-packed part of the Bible. Jesus' cousin John is beheaded by Herod and his family. Jesus is pretty much constantly teaching. He feeds the 5,000. He's walking on water. He's doing it all. And I can only imagine the kind of stress that he must have been under during this time in his life. I think we often forget the human side of Jesus, the side that needs to recharge his social battery and take some time for himself. So it makes total sense that after the stressful day of being chased around by this crowd, performing miracle after miracle after miracle, he decides to climb up a mountain to spend the night alone. He removes himself from everything and everyone in his life, and he spends the night alone with the Father. We too have got to recede from the crowdedness of our own lives when they get too hectic and spend some time with God, because he needs to be the center of our lives. Why does God need to be the center of our lives? It's simply, well, I don't know, but the way I see it is having, knowing that God loves us and always making sure that that's you know, the foremost of our thinking, it makes life easier. When we know that the creator of everything is in us and with us in everything that we do, it gives us the strength to do that we just can't do on our own. So how do we make God the center of our little existences? Well, there are certain things that we can do to help remind ourselves that the Creator is, you know, with us at all times. And Jesus was a master at this, as seen in this passage. In order to refocus, recenter our focus, we can pray. We can slow down and appreciate our world. We can meditate. We can read the Bible. We can even come to church. And, and, and each time we do one of these actions, our focus on God just becomes a little bit clearer. So, if you'll go back with me a couple of months, I think it was a couple of months, you might recall that we got a tsunami warning. So, my friends and I, we looked at the surf report and we decided that it was probably a good idea to go surfing. Uh, 
Now, as you can imagine, the waves were, yeah, they were, they were pretty big. So it took us a while to paddle out to where we could catch the waves, but once we did, we ended up enjoying some really nice rides. After one of my waves, I was paddling back out when a couple of really, really big waves were coming in. In, in surfing, we call these a set. Now this particular set was completely unrideable, and as I desperately paddled towards the horizon, these massive walls of water marched towards me. And I was paddling as fast as I could because I was trying to get over them before they crashed down in front of me. But in this situation, I was too late. The wave broke right in front of me, and an explosion of white water was the last thing I saw before I duck dived. So duck diving, just for a little surf lingo for you, is a technique where you can go under a wave by forcing your board and yourself downwards to get far enough beneath the wave so you can avoid the violence and turmoil of the most powerful part. The way it works is you place your back foot on this trackpad thing, which is basically just the back of your board, and then you force it underneath the water and yourself. And in this particular situation, I got a little unlucky because my foot slipped off and uh, the wave just went crazy. As I was being hurled in every direction by the seemingly angry ocean, I completely lost sense of up or down. It was a little scary. I compare it to being a rag doll in a washing machine. And when the wave finally released me, I realized I was upside down and my board was on the surface of the water. So I opened my eyes and I was like, whoa. It was blurry and it was dark, but I could clearly see the outline of my surfboard on the surface. And as I slowly began to swim upwards, I kept my eyes open and focused on it, and something cool started to happen. It became more and more in focus. And that's what I think this whole thing is like. I think God becomes closer to the center of our lives the more we take, partake in God-focused actions. My dad says it in a little simpler in one of his favorite analogies. It's like a muscle. The more we work on it, the easier and stronger it gets. <laughs> uh, the thing these centering actions have in common is their emphasis and focus on putting God first, which can be incredibly hard to do. They're constantly forces at play trying to distract us from him. Busy schedules, rushing, out-of-whack priorities, all of this can get in the way of our faith. But the good news is that we can access God at literally any time. So all we really have to do is train ourselves to get in the practice and habit of putting God first. As I said earlier, putting God first means, it means showing up to church. It means showing up to SYF. It means praying as much as you can and always aiming to pray more. It means reading the Bible and it means committing to our church family and your own spiritual growth. For me, showing up to church Sunday mornings is difficult. I love to surf, and it seems like the waves are always really good on Sunday mornings. <laughs> My schedule always seems so busy, and it's hard to make it all happen. But recently, I've been trying to commit to this church in my own way by just showing up to SYF. A different kind of distraction, instead of external distractions, can be thoughts. Thoughts can absolutely be a distraction. When anxiety takes over, or we're thinking things that we know we shouldn't be, it's important to refocus ourselves back on the Father, which we can do in a plethora of ways. Personally, meditation is my go-to technique when I know that I need to recenter my mental state. As I said earlier, I graduated from high school a couple of days ago, and part of this whole graduation is gifts. So my super awesome 
aunt, aunt, aunt and her family drove up from Encinitas to watch my whole graduation ceremony, which was an absolutely huge gift in and of itself. But it was even more of a gift because it was really, really hot that day. 89 degrees. I'm still sunburned. So peeling a little bit. Uh, but like, it meant so much to me that she came out. But another gift that they gave me was this book called Your Turn, How to Be an Adult by Julie Lothcott, Lifecott Haynes, which obviously is about you know, how to become an adult in this increasingly challenging world. So yesterday, I'm sitting on the couch reading this book about what growing up is like, and suddenly I noticed that my breathing was becoming a little bit shallower. I noticed my mind was moving a little too fast, and I noticed my thoughts were just a little darker than I wanted them to be. Immediately, I got up and I went to my room where my little meditation cushion awaited me, which was a gift from my mom. Thanks. Uh, and I just sat down and focused on my breathing for 20 minutes. And I, after that, I prayed. And after I opened my eyes again, I noticed that I just felt this reassuring presence washing over me. And I think that's just God. Like, there's no really other way to describe it, I think. When I slow down, and remind myself of the most basic function God has given me. I'm reminded that I'm not alone, and that when I allow myself to be comforted by God's presence, I know that everything is going to be okay. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make here is that there are distractions everywhere, and that it's, our, it's become our human nature to resist focusing on one thing too much at all. We resist focusing on God because of all of the things in our lives that we falsely prioritize over him. The goal we need to set for ourselves is to commit to the church family and our own spirituality in order to help our faith become strong. Sorry, I keep doing that. <laughs> so, how do we put God first? How do we keep, how do we keep swimming upwards, as it were? Well, for starters, I want to encourage all of you to keep showing up on Sunday mornings. Church on Sunday helps make mark time in our lives. It's a healthy for our relationship with God. It's great for our WPC community, and it's good for yourself individually. If you want to, you can pull a Jesus and just pray for an entire night. I don't know what you will do, but whatever you do, make sure that you're keeping God in the front of your mind. That's how things will come into focus. So I want to leave you with the thought that you know, you got to come to church, you got to partake, you got to get involved. You have to get to our youngsters. Make time for God and put Him first. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to spend this Sunday morning together. I pray that we can minimize the things in our lives that distract us from you. While always striving to get to know you better, I pray that we can get in the habit of partaking in these actions that recenter our state of mind on you. And above all, I pray that we can love each other better, just like you do. Amen.